brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're tuned into Utah's best midday sports show, The Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. Back inside the Valley Collision Studios of ESPN 700. Bill Riley out for this afternoon and this afternoon only. Of course, I've been in all week long filling in on the midday show. Big thanks to Bill for leaving it open. Of course, uh, he'll be back on a Tuesday. We're off for the New Year's Day, and you can listen to college football and pro football, of course, on the station in the meantime. Utah men's hoops as well. They're in action versus Washington State tonight. 5.30 is the pregame. 6.30 is the tip-off. UW on Sunday. I want a little matinee action. Utah women's basketball also in action. Come your way uh, tomorrow. And, uh, of course, that is right here on the station as well. Tyson Ewing has the call. On the men's side, it's Bill Riley and Sean Mooney. An update from the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. We're tied up. Kentucky just hit a long pass, 75-yard drive, and tied it up with Clemson. Extra point is up and good. And Kentucky takes the lead 28-27 over the 22nd-ranked Clemson with uh, about six minutes left in their bowl game. The next bowl game to kick off, uh, of course, Oregon State and Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl. Memphis and Iowa State. In the Liberty Bowl a little bit later on, in Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. So looking forward to all of that over the course of the next day. And of course, this weekend, it's uh, it's big time bowl season. New Year's six games, first games of the college football playoff coming your way. Looking forward to all of that. But we are checking in on the state of sport here in Utah on this final Bill Riley show of 2023. And it's an interesting year in the state. I think 
as far as competitiveness goes, there was a little bit of a, a downturn, right? Fans here in Utah are expecting and used to the Jazz being good, being playoff teams. They're used to Utah being 10-plus wins and competing for conference titles, and they were close to this year, even even with the, the issues there. Uh, RSL did make a playoff run, but also kind of a transitional year for them as they make some moves in the front office. They move on from their captain, Demir Krylock. So the state of sport is an interesting conversation in a lot of ways. The Olympics potentially coming to town. Uh, a lot to get to in that direction. MLB, NHL maybe in the near future. We'll see about that. But joining us to talk some more football, we'll maybe get to some combat sports as well in the year of 2023. The final show of 2023, it's Sean O'Connell at Real OC Sports is where you find him. You can hear him, well, usually on Pac-12 radio. We'll get to that, of course, but uh, always appreciate our time with Sean O'Connell to wrap up the year of 2023. How's it going, my friend? Doing all right. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Happy holidays and New Year's to you and to the family, the little family of yours. We appreciate your time, as always, and uh, reflecting upon that a little bit on this final show of 2023. What's uh what's the holiday season look like in the the O'Connell household? Well, we just uh we just welcomed a third daughter 2 weeks ago, so it's a little it's a little hectic, a little bit of uh juggling and figuring out how to play zone defense. I was going to say that's Now that I got three kids. That's hands full, man. But uh yeah, we're uh you know, the great Santa Claus treated us well and we'll uh spend some time up at the cabin, I think, for a new year, so no complaints on our end. No complaints. No complaints. As uh, we talk about sports for a living, that's usually uh, a, a good thing to remember. Do you put a star up on top of the tree, or do you put a championship belt up there? <laughs> we are a, we are a star household. The championship belt has been relegated to paperweight status down in the bottom shelf of my office, basically. Oh, I love it. Let's let's actually go there a little bit. Uh, the year of 2023 in, in combat sports and mixed martial arts is an interesting one. So uh, we'll get to, of course, the, the, the Big 12 storylines, the, the college football storylines, and, and the games this weekend are, are big. We'll, we'll, we'll preview that a little bit and, and talk about college football at large. But it was an interesting year, and, and especially for you on the PFL side in the world of, of combat sports. No, of course, with the merger, Bellator, we saw Francis Ngannou uh, fight Tyson Fury and do it well. Um, I wonder how you consumed the, the entire year. Of course, we did have UFC here in Salt Lake City once again, so uh, another good year of, of combat sports here in Salt Lake. But uh, what were your highlights of 2023? And I'm sure some of them I, I just mentioned. Well, yeah, the aforementioned uh, moves that the PFL made are obviously big uh, for me on a, on a personal level, as I hope to be a part of that company for a long time moving forward. And then, you know, we've got uh, a really interesting time in the UFC. The upper weight classes are sort of clinging to old stars, um, hoping that they can, you know, milk the last little bit out of John Jones at heavyweight, et cetera. And, um, you know, the light heavyweight picture doesn't look super healthy the middleweight picture you have sean strickland who is a great story i think in that he's going through like this realization of himself after a long time uh as like this i don't know like 
heel character. I think he's like finally realizing that as a champion, he, he needs to set a better example than that and things like that. But like from a fighter perspective, he's not anywhere near the skill level that we've seen previous middleweight champions in the UFC. So that's really interesting the way that they're, they're trying to launch a new star, find the next Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, John Jones. Um, and, and so far, I think maybe Tom Aspinall, the interim heavyweight champion, the British guy is, is their best chance at that. So that's interesting. You know, the, the whole sport is trying to develop stars and find somebody that can capture the attention of a worldwide fan base that Conor McGregor was able to do. But, I, you know, it, it might be one of those things where we never pass that way again. He was unique and is unique because of uh, being, you know, the loudest, the first, the the fact that he was Irish and the charm that goes with that. And it's going to be hard to replicate. So that, that's something that's interesting in the MMA world for me. And then the, the crossover stuff with boxing, you mentioned Fury versus Nganu. There's a lot more talk of that. And now boxing has to acknowledge that like these MMA stars might actually be able to compete in a boxing ring. So we're going to see some more of those fights. Yeah, looking forward to that, and and uh, we will see see more of it. I'm I'm interested to see with the the heavyweight division now that Ngannou has gone toe to toe with with Fury. Do we see other fights there? Obviously, Wilder uh, looking not like the guy we saw before, um, but but Tyson Fury is uh, is is really fun to watch in that regard. What does 2024 look like in the MMA world? Do you feel that UFC might t- make a return to Salt Lake City, and then on your side with the PFF or the PFL and, and Bellator merge, what does it, it look like from the coverage standpoint? Well, yeah, we'll have more more events on the PFL side. Um, Bellator still had some contracts that they needed to fulfill, so there will be right. more events called Bellator this year. I think there's going to be eight more Bellator events, um, and that will just be populated with Bellator fighters and maybe PFL fighters too. Okay. The UFC's got a big year coming. UFC 300, their 300th pay-per-view event. That's a huge deal. Um, that'll be International Fight Week, and they've already started to tease some some mega fights on that card. I think we might see Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor three on that card, which is kind of a fun. Even though it's meaningless for title contention, it's kind of a fun trilogy. Um, and they they do. What my understanding is UFC does have a date uh, or a couple dates on the 2024 calendar that they have set aside, uh, they could potentially exercise their option to bring uh, a card back here. They, you know, both times they brought a pay-per-view here, the fans have responded well, and they've had some epic fights, some epic moments, two head kick knockouts in main events. It's been a great, so I think we will see them back here in 2024. Yeah. My understanding just from speaking with folks at, at, at the UFC and, and while they were down here on the ground, that is the plan. Maybe not an annual thing, but for now, uh, they're they're going to try to do it close to to every year, uh, as as long as it's uh, it's something that uh, is is beneficial to to both sides, and and that it's been over the last couple of times they've been here. Of course, as you mentioned, those title fights, really really fun finishes, and uh, kind of weirdly paralleling each other. Um, flipping gears a little bit, of course, the big story. We kind of recapping the state of sport in 2023 and. A huge part of that, Sean, was the Big 12, Pac-12 saga, of course, college football realignment at large, but especially topical here with BYU and Utah rejoining for that rivalry, the demise of the Pac-12, at least on the football side. And from your perspective, it's got to have been a a really wild ride. Not only are you a former Ute and a guy who covers the team in this market, but you also literally are on a radio show called Pac-12 Today. 
And as of today, <laughs> yeah. as of today, Sean, uh, the, the Pac-12 on the football side is 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 not existent. So I want to to get your read on how that year has been for you, and and we'll uh, we'll preview what's to come as well. Well, it's it's been frustrating. It's been um, annoying. It's and, and now it's just gotten to the point where it's sad. I mean, if Washington loses to Texas. There's no more Pac-12 football anything. There's no more Pac-12 representative in a bowl game. Like, the Pac-12 is just gone and dead. Yep. That is not a good feeling. That is uh, – there's no more Pac-12 today after, you know, that kind of thing happens. So, um, that, there's a lot of frustration to it. I, I've been assured that I'll be able to follow the Utes over to the Big 12 and the Big 12 channel, and I'll be able to, to cover big, the BYU again a lot more closely. You know, I, I had an opportunity to do a Big 12 show the other day on signing day and I talked to Kalani and it was great. You know, I, I, I want to cover BYU again. So there's a small silver lining there, but it's, it's been really frustrating to watch the ineptitude of highly compensated leaders that ended up just killing an entire conference in Utah. Let's be honest. Utah has been part of it for 12 years, not exactly a foundational piece of the PAC 10, PAC 12, PAC eight history. Uh, they've done a great job of kind of inserting themselves into the conversation in the in the latter moments of this conference's existence. But like before, I mean, UCLA and USC and Stanford and Oregon and Washington and all these great, great rivalries and these great, great teams and the stories and the athletes, it's all gone. And, and that just sucks. And I'm never going to be okay with it. I'm never going to think it was better for college football 10 years from now. We're just going to have a super conference with a pack division anyway. So you're going to get like this reconstructed pack eight or pack 10. And it's, we're going to look back on it and remember 2023 for being totally ridiculous. Sean, you, the way you just preference that is how I want to, to follow up this question. You just said, we're going to have a pack conference anyway, like with, or with a region. It seems that that's the direction college football is moving. We heard Chip Kelly on it a few weeks ago. We've heard Kyle Whittingham talking about it kind of under his breath or kind of in, um, not so certain terms, but but you you know that there's something behind what Kyle is saying, even if he you know is a little coy about it. Um, and, and it it feels like that is the reality, right? Where we have a, some sort of a a P5 conglomerate at the top with regional. I guess you're not going to call them conferences; you might call them divisions, but more of a pro NFL style model. And for me, from a fan and viewership and competition and uniformity standpoint. It sounds really fun. It actually sounds almost ideal, but there are going to be a lot of complications as you try to find your way to that with uh, a lot of teams that feel they belong, a lot of teams that you know might not be part of that list that are going to have issues with it. I wonder how you see the next few years playing out. I think, I think we are in for maybe kind of a normal year in 2024 with a 12-team playoff and, and not much noise on that front outside of the ACC and Florida State. Uh, but I think that the, the couple of years to follow might be really chaotic. And I, I wonder if you feel the same. Yeah. Um, I, the optimism, I appreciate the optimism that you reflect there saying, Oh, that, that sounds ideal. That'd be cool for as a fan. But it depends on if your favorite team ends up on the correct line, correct side of the line, I should say. Right. Right. Is this a 40 team super conference? Is this a 64 team super conference? Is it 50? I mean, where's the number? Is it just, is it 32 teams like the NFL? Because if that's the case, guess who's not there? Utah and BYU. Like there's no place at the table. If we're really condensing this thing down, 
to like the elite power, the elite television markets, the big, big, big money programs, BYU and Utah probably don't make that cut. I mean, if it unless if it's fewer than forty-eight teams, I don't think that there's a hope for either large school in the state of Utah to end up on the right side of that divide. I'm probably being pessimistic there, but I'm also I think it's realistic when you look at ticket sales, viewership numbers, television market size, which of course should none of this should matter, but it does to these television networks and the powers that be. I I think. <laughs> this is this might be a reach to, just based on the leaders that we've seen in the past. I think that the folks you know at the top are smart enough to to at least be able to to keep most of the country engaged. And I think that um, as Chip Kelly discussed, I think a 64-65 team keeping the Power Five intact to me seems fairly obvious. It seems like a a, a decent natural segue into this model. But even then, Sean. Where is Utah State? Where is Boise State? Where are those other teams? And I, I wonder what wrinkles you could throw in there. For me, let's, let's say Chip Kelly's idea is what we go with, right? You have 65 Power 5 teams. They play regionally, right? Uh, Utah plays teams that are in its region. They move outside of it every once in a while. And, Sean, on their schedule, built into the schedule, is one game with a G5. And every team in the P5 has that. Now, on the G5 side, you have every team playing a regional aspect of their schedule. And they, on their schedule, each have a P5 team or two. And I think there's a way that you can build a model where you're not abandoning that other side of the, the sport. And I, this is more of a European thing as of now, but I think a relegation model would be fun too. Say, a, uh, you know, a, a team in the G5 goes 11, 12, and 0. They win their classification, and there's a team in the Power Five ranks like a Rutgers uh, several years back that doesn't win a football game. Maybe they switch spots, and, and, and there's a way to keep all of the parties invested, all of the parties engaged, and, and I think that the entire country watching. Um, that could be a model that we, we at least uh, look towards. But uh, is my optimism just because of the, the TV show that's in front of us and, and, and having faith in that? Or do you think it's, it's realistic to, to be at that point in five or so years? First of all, your relegation and promotion idea is fantastic. It, it'll you. never happen because there, there's no university president out there who's yeah. going to sign off on the possibility that, oh, I no longer get my share of Big Ten money or whatever. I no longer get my share of Big 12 money. Well, I no getting, longer get my share of whatever. Well, getting, like rid of the, right, getting rid of the TVs and the, the five different conference revenue sharing contracts kind of gets rid of that, doesn't it? When you have a four, well, uniform no. schedule and you tell them that? It, 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 what it does is it means if you go by the Chip Kelly model and you say, all right, everyone in the Power Five makes the same amount of money, there's still a line of demarcation where right. if you're not in that, right, if you're, if you're the lower division, then you, you're making a ton more if you get promoted. But the flip side of that is if you're one of the Power Five, it gets relegated. Like if you're Vanderbilt, you don't belong in the SEC. You know what I mean? If you're Vanderbilt and you drop off the bottom, there's no athletic director, university president, board of regents, chancellor who's going to say, I'm going to sign off on the, the mere possibility that we might go from whatever it is, $50 million a year for being part of the Power Five to $10 million a year for, for being relegated. Right. I don't know how they got everyone to agree to it with, when it comes to European soccer. 
it's a phenomenal model and it keeps everybody engaged in some of the great stories um, of like true upsets and underdogs and all that stuff that have come out of European soccer are really phenomenal and would fit so well with college football. But because money drives everything now, no one is going to sign off on even the possibility that they would be milking themselves dry by getting relegated. So right. that that's what sucks. Um, it, when it comes to actually like clinging on to that model that Chip Kelly put out there, when the condensation happens, when when we get to this point where Ohio State and Alabama and, and Clemson and USC and everyone finally sits down at the same table and says, all right, how do we do this? I have zero faith that they're going to be like, let's keep Utah around. Let's keep Iowa around. Let's make sure that Vanderbilt still gets to play mm-hmm. because we have some history with them. And they're going to be like, Where's the money? You know what? There's really only 24 of us that need to split this money. I don't want to slice the pie 65 ways. Let's do it 30 ways because nobody's going to cry if Missouri gets left out. And unfortunately, that's probably the reality. We would make a stink about it, but it wouldn't cost them a dime. Apple TV or whoever bought the rights to broadcast Power 5 football, whatever we want to call it, would be fine with the idea that BYU is not there. They just would, and that sucks, but that's the reality. And OC, I mean, you, you bring that up, and it it just it it puts uh, Oregon State and Washington State in my mind. Like, it what you're just saying now may have already started, right? And uh, we'll see. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We'll see. And, and, they, like, and there's going to be court battles about no it one, going forward too, beyond yeah, the ones that are going now. Battles, but nobody is willing to die on the hill for Oregon State and Washington State. They weren't like nobody at the University of Utah was like, hey, we're not going to abandon them. Right. As soon as it became apparent that George Klyovkov was not going to get a, a reasonable deal done, everyone jumped ship and started swimming for the life rafts. Utah and the Arizona schools in Colorado, they end up with the Big 12. Oregon and Washington, they jump ship, and they're like, well, we're going to swim over to the Big 10 life raft, even though we're going to get a half revenue share. You know how insane that is? <laughs> Washington might be playing for a national championship this year, and then next year be taking a half share of the Big Ten's media right. Right. That is so disgusting and stupid. It's just uh, – it makes me sick. But but none of the people swimming to the life raft bothered to look back and make sure that Oregon State and Washington State were going to be okay. And that's exactly how it will be the next time this thing gets tipped over, the next time everyone gets thrown into the, the choppy seas of revenue-seeking. There's nobody reaching out to save you unless you're Ohio State. Penn State, Michigan, USC, UCLA could be left behind in football if they weren't in UC. If they weren't in Los Angeles, California, no one would care about Bruin football. But that's just that's where we're at. Money dictates all of this, and the leaders don't resist it. They don't fight against it. They just say, "Okay, I'll get the maximum amount of money." And we're going to continue to see these trends, Sean. I do not have a clue what college football looks like in five years. What I do know is that because of this uh, kind of convergence of issues all at the same couple of year span, right? We're talking portal. We're talking NIL. We're talking uh, 
the, the, the realignment issues. We're talking playoff. All of these kind of just happened to, to come to head in the, the few short years here that we've had. I think there is a time where we come back to a little bit of more normalcy. It's not this chaotic simply because of the timing. But at least in the very short term, Sean, if we're covering this sport in college football, I think we're going to have to get used to the chaos at least for a couple of years. What's going to be funny is five years from now, people like the old school fans and, and maybe will fall on that side of the argument. will maybe will be considered the old school fans at that mm-hmm. point, but there's going to be a lot of people looking at like FCS football. There are going to be a lot of people looking at the mountain West and Boise state and, and the Oregon state, Washington state, they got left out of the big money grab and people are going to look at it and it's going to be like, ah, that's the college football. I recognize those kids. They're playing for the scholarship. They're playing for their team. They're playing for their school. They're like, that's what I recognize. And we're going to look at power five football and it's going to be salaries and players getting cut. And it's going to be NFL junior. And you're going to be like, I don't even know who this roster is. I, I like I, I'm here for the front of the Jersey, but I would like to know which players I'm rooting for from 2025 to 2026. You know what I mean? And there's going to be a lot of people looking at the people, the, the institutions that get left behind. And they're going to be like, you know what? they don't have to do the salary thing. They don't have to do the name image likeness thing. They don't have to pay their quarterback $3 million. That's the college football. I recognize we, we have opened Pandora's box and I'm happy that student athletes get to make their money. I really am, but it, it doesn't necessarily improve the fan experience. So it's going to be interesting to watch that interaction when fans decide like, eh, I'll just go watch the NFL. It's a better version of this. You're giving me minor league NFL? No thanks. I'll just go watch major league NFL. That's that's one of the concerns that I that I have, right? If if you're moving towards this semi pro model, be cognizant of what semi pro football in America looks like because no one watches it, and there's a reason for that. There's right. a reason the XFL and the AAF and all these leagues have tried and tried and tried because you can't do it as well as the NFL. If you remove all of the reasons that folks love college football and just institute the money in the TV and make it the NFL, well, you're going to be playing second fill. And uh, that's uh, that's an interesting place to be in that I think that, you know, you have to take into account. Oh, see, interesting conversation, and uh, I think one we'll be having over and over and over again until uh, until we find uh, some sort of soft landing somewhere. Yeah, I agree with you. I, we're not anywhere near the end product of this, the final iteration of college football. I'm still going to watch it. Uh, hopefully I'll still get a chance to cover it. It, we're, we're going to look back and wish for the glory days, though. That will be that will be something that happens for all of us. And that I, I do want to, you know, just say that that's how we always are, right? No matter what range and what iteration of sports and 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 past we talk about, everyone looks back on on that as as something. I hope that you know we can we can find a a place where people are at least enjoying it, and and the the chaos is not the story, and the football is, but we will. Uh, we will see about that. Sean, what does 2024 look like uh, on, on your year end? Uh, is, it, is it Big 12 on Sirius XM? What's the, what's the expectation of, of the new year? Yeah, I don't count any chickens before they hatch, but that, that appears to be the plan that uh, 2024 I'll be moving over, migrating to the Big 12 channel from the Pac-12 channel. And, uh, you know, we've got, I think, 20. Six, maybe 28 events planned for the PFL and Bellator after busy. the acquisition. So uh, I, I hope I'm busy. 
it's a, it's a luxury to be busy in a competitive field. And really when you have any job, it's a luxury to be busy. So uh, I'll be focusing on my family and hopefully getting a little bit of work done and, you know, getting one year older like the rest of us do. Well, we appreciate your conversation, your insight as always, and we'll be checking in throughout the year of 2024 and appreciate your look back on this one. It's Sean O'Connell at Real OC Sports, of course, former Utah player, former ESPN 700 host, world champion in the fighting ranks, and now a broadcaster both in combat sports and, of course, college football. His insight is valued in all of those directions. OC, have yourself a happy new year, and uh, we'll check in uh, and uh, talk a little offseason college football in the near future. Thanks very much. Happy New Year to you, to everyone out there listening. Take care of yourselves and your families. Don't drink and drive. Thanks, OC. Back on the other side, we'll continue the state of sport conversation. It's been a lot of football. It is a football Friday. It is bowl season. But I want to flip gears a little bit. Look at the Jazz, RSL, and so on in the state of sport. And look at the biggest storylines developing in the near future, including a little a little insight I can give you on on some Olympic stuff. It's not a it's not a done deal, but I, I a little birdie told me a, a little piece of news last night uh, that uh, that leads to believe that the Olympics might be one step closer to becoming to Salt Lake City in 2034. And uh, we'll start there and go into the Jazz. Maybe look at the other pro sports organizations that are looking at Salt Lake City as a possibility. Of course, Ryan Smith and Co. trying to bring baseball hockey, whatever it may be, to Salt Lake City and expand upon this market. Those are big storylines going into 2024. And we're going to give you an update on the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, which has been a wild ride during the course of that interview with Sean O'Connell. We've seen three different changes of leads, three different scores, and now Clemson has retaken the lead very late in the game. It looks like 17 seconds remaining. They're up 36-35 over Kentucky. They're going for two to make it a field goal game, and it is good. So Clemson has a field goal lead over Kentucky with 17 seconds to go in the Gator Bowl, the kickoff to come. Back on the other side, we'll probably have a final score for you on that one. Preview the Bulls to come and look at the state of sport here in Utah on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 792.1 FM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.